0: Log Talk Radio. You scared coward! You got mad enough to fuck with me! I never said nothing to him. Bring out! Be on fire, man!
1: Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the Loaded Gloves Boxing Podcast. Uh, this is episode 16, uh, and it's really part two of, of episode 15, uh, because uh, I got sidetracked quite a bit on uh, the main show yesterday, so Victor and I are back today to uh, complete or finish what we started. Uh, how you doing, Victor?
2: All right, man. I slept Good. way too long last night, though. <laughs> Shit felt weird. Oh, did you?
1: Yeah. It <laughs> messed up your timing?
2: Dude, I had, like, seven dreams.
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's pretty hardcore, dude. That, when I sleep like that, it messes up my internal clock, and I wake up and I don't know what fucking time it is or what day it is. I hate when that happens. <laughs> but uh, let's, ju- let's jump right back into the action. Um, yesterday, uh, our Victor and I uh, reviewed the Brandon rios Standing Garcia fight as well as the um, World Boxing Super Series Super Middleweight semifinal. Uh, that took place on Saturday uh, afternoon uh, against uh, George Groves and Chris Eubank Jr. Um, now, the next fight that I wanted or we wanted to review um, was the penultimate fight on the Showtime card, uh, and that was a super middleweight bout that saw uh, a 21-year-old David Benavidez squaring off against Ronald Gavriel. Uh, now, in that fight, Benavidez dished out a 12-round uh, beat down uh, on a brave but outgunned Gavril, and then uh, ultimately won a unanimous decision. Um, what did you make of uh, Benavidez, Victor, in, in the fight itself? Okay,
2: I know Gavriel isn't like the best opponent possible, but mm-hmm. after that, I'm thinking Benavidez is the best guy at 168.
1: Yeah, you know what? I, I wasn't so sure about that, uh, and we didn't get to talk about that before we went on the air today, but I... I, I I've come around to agreeing with that. It just, when I look at the landscape, you know, everybody that's involved with the tournament or was involved, yep. it's been eliminated. Um, I think other people on other shows have said it, and I've heard it on the networks too, where they say, well, the super middleweight tournament is going to crown the third or fourth best super middleweight in the world. Not the, not the first, you know, it, it's not going to do what, what the cruiserweight tournament is going to do. But, uh, that being said, yeah, man, I, again, I agree with you. Um, now, and this was a rematch because Gavril uh had ended up or ended up knocking Benavidez on his ass uh late in the first fight. Um and I, I don't know, man. I don't know about you, but um that fight it, it reminded me the the first fight between these two guys kind of reminded me of um Chavez Junior versus uh Sergio um um oh my god Martinez. I'm drawing up total yeah, Sergio Martinez where he was outgunned for <laughs> Like like nine tenths of the fight, and then that 30 seconds where he gets floored. You know, oh, we gotta have a rematch. Why? You know what I mean? It's, it's it's one of those things that always makes me scratch my head. I get it, you know, from a network perspective or a promoter's perspective, where it's like, well, it's an easy sell. You know what I mean? Fans, especially casual fans, will go, oh, he knocked the champion down, or oh, he knocked this, you know, this this up and comer down. You know, well, we got to do this again. But uh, this fight played out. Even worse for Gavril than the first fight did. Um I thought that uh Gavril's corner should have uh stopped the fight, Victor. I know that you probably remember me yelling for them to stop it. Um I think I did that around nine or ten, but I thought it could have been and should have been stopped as early as round eight. Um what were your thoughts on that?
2: Well I wouldn't have stopped it as early as round eight, but if Benavides didn't break his hand, he Gabriel would have gotten stopped anyway. He so I don't know. Right. I don't know. like yeah. after after round eleven, where you're always like thinking like, okay, they should stop this, his hand was broken, so he wasn't going to put that much damage on him anyway at that point, so but the thing is they probably shouldn't have gotten to that point anyway, though I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that one
0: yeah I,
1: what, yeah, uh, i just I saw it as I not not a complete failure of, of his corner because i i mean he was. I hate to say he was making a good account of himself because he wasn't. I mean, yeah. he was still, he was still, I guess, a live dog in there. He was still moving, full coming forward and, and trying to, you know, doing his best to make something happen. He just didn't have the tools to, 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 you know, reach that lofty goal. But, um, you know, the, the his face and the blood and I just thought, man, you know, how much, how much are you gonna let this guy take? He has, he doesn't have the power to hurt Benavides. Benavides was way bigger. You know what I mean and it was it's one of those things where you know do you save your guy to fight another to fight another day or you know do you let him go out and take more punishment even though you know he's not you know uh you know a, a heavy-handed guy like Benavides is um but I mean I, it wasn't it wasn't the kind of it wasn't one of those fights where you know I would jump off off up, up off my couch or out of my seat and start screaming to stop the fight. I just thought it was a, kind of an unnecessary punishment. Um but be that as sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, one thing
2: though, you were saying that uh-huh. this fight reminds you of the uh, Sergey Martinez versus Chavez Junior fight. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, the first fight, I mean, I wouldn't first go fight, that yeah. far since Gabriel kind of did win rounds even prior to dropping him like that. So right, it's not like it wasn't. It wasn't as lopsided as that one. The first fight, rematch Oh, no, 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 arguably was. Yeah, <laughs> the no, rematch, no, no, uh, it was, no, been a video took a lot.
1: But the, the 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 need or the 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 outcry for a rematch is what I was referring to. It was you know it was one of those things where, yeah, Gabriel did a, a little bit better in the first fight, but it's it, 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 I mean he was the clear loser, and I didn't you know and to me one knockdown especially late doesn't or at any point in the fight for that matter doesn't really necessitate a a rematch when it's when the fight wasn't really close. You know what I mean? I mean it's, the first fight
2: was kind of close though. You could argue that Gabriel. It mm, like it wasn't I didn't, I didn't that it lopsided.
1: That <laughs> I, well, I mean, it wasn't a one-sided beating, but it wasn't. I don't. God, I'd, I'd have to pull out my scorecard, and it's buried somewhere on my PC. But uh, I don't remember. I don't remember it being very. It was more competitive than the second fight was, but uh, Benavides was a clear winner, at least in my eyes, in that one. So it's one of those things where it's like I. I, I kind of feel like rematches are made. A little too easily these days, you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it, it, it rather than hey, this was a seven-five fight or a six-five or even an eight-four with knockdowns on both sides, you know, or something like that, you know, where there's that ebb and flow or there's you know multiple drops, you know that though. Yeah, absolutely, I want to see it again. But uh, Ronald Gavril, you know what I mean? It's just like you know, I, I want to see Benavidas. Maybe uh, – well, not maybe. I definitely want to see him kind of step step things up a bit uh, as he moves forward. But uh, I don't know – I mean, do you see them moving moving him up in the next fight in terms of opposition?
2: Probably, yeah. I mean, people are already saying that Benavides might be the best guy at 168. So I think they are going to want to pull the trigger and have him fight. See, the thing is, I think it's going to be avoided a bit too.
1: Sure. Well, I, I, I mean, mean uh, we, t- we talked about it off the air. I, I think – Benavides probably starches everybody in that tournament. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's 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 a shame that he's not in it or that he couldn't be in it. Um, and I'm wondering, I mean, if if things keep going, you know, if he continues his winning ways, if he does or you know if he doesn't get the the winner of that one, I'm not so sure. Um, because once that tournament's out or, or com, you know compl- reaches completion, you know, there's no no fighter is obligated to fight anybody else in the division, so. You know, it'll be back to business as usual. So, uh I don't know. Who would you like to see him step in there with next? Or in the interview? I think
2: I think they can market a Zordo fight and have it be really fun. I mean both guys have an Hispanic background. Sure. Zordo probably gets the shit kicked out of him by Benavides. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, I I think that's know. I think that's the fight I'd like to see next too for Benavides, but I don't again because Benavides is so big and so strong and so effective with his punches, I, I don't know that, that either Zerdo's team or, or uh, Bob Arum will want to, you know, throw throw Rod, uh, you know, Zerdo in, into the mix there, at least not right away. Uh, I mean, but Zerto's time will a tell, big I guess. tall guy too, though.
2: He's not that yeah. strong. He's not like a power puncher in there, but he's he's a pretty large guy for one sixty eight. So
1: no, they, yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't think he's anywhere near as. Uh, Talented or as skilled as Benavides, Though I think Benavides has Has the better tool set Um, Mm -hmm. But I guess we'll have to wait and see Um,
0: Yeah hopefully Yeah Yeah,
1: so um, I want to move on Because I don't want to dwell too much on on any one Fight today Um, otherwise we run off Or I run off excuse me on tangents But um, the other fight That uh, the opening bout on the Showtime card This past Saturday night Was uh, Ray Robinson and not Sugar Ray, (laughs) versus, and I'm going to butcher this name, I think it was Jordanis Ugas, or Ugas, uh, and that was a 12-round IBF welterweight eliminator fight. Um, Ugas wins that fight by knockout in round seven um, after pretty much brutalizing Ray Robinson from about round two or three on. Uh, This was another one, Victor, where I have to give you your props. (laughs) You saw uh, Robinson's openings or defensive lapses, and you saw uh, once Ugas, U- Ugas or Ugas found that you know saw those openings and got the timing down. He just started dropping those the, those left and right hooks and you know catching Robinson. Uh, I noticed early on too, and as I know you did, Victor. That Robinson's balance or his legs were kind of funny or off. You know what I mean, right from the right, opening yeah. bell. And you and, and you said it again, man. It was it was like your. I think this was the first or the second one you predicted you said, dude, Robinson's going down. He's at least going down. He's probably going to go. He's probably going to go to sleep. You know, and I, I, you know, I believe it because you, you know what you're talking about. But I just thought, man, how do how do you see that that early? You know what I mean? But uh, mm-hmm. again, because you have that perspective, having boxed, you know, and been in the ring before, uh, you know what you're going to see things that a lot of us don't see. So uh, now I know when the fight started, Victor. I I kind of bitched and moaned about. The is probably going to be a stinker because neither guy could punch through a wet paper bag. Uh, but you were pretty quick to point out uh, after after I saw um, Ugas land, I think it was a big right or a big left, and he's it was a you know it wasn't it wasn't the technique was really lousy, uh, and you were very quick yeah. to point out that most guys with low knockout ratios or percentages, it's not that they don't have power; it's that their technique is just. Garbage, uh, and you were right because, with the exception of two or three, you know, shots that really hurt Robinson and the ones that put him down, uh, I, I I kept seeing the same thing over and over from Ugas. So, um, I mean, what did you what did you make of the fight, and what did you make of uh, Ugus's performance? I mean, neither guy is great.
2: They both make a whole lot of sure. mistakes. Robinson makes more mistakes. They can be involved in decent fights. I don't think we're going to see. Either guy really make waves in the division. I mean, welterweight isn't, it's not a weak division and these guys are, mm. I don't think the other guy approved that much. So uh, this isn't anything where it's like, all right, this guy's going to be world beaters, but they are going to be having fun fights at some point. Okay. But Ray Robinson needs to change his goddamn name because I feel like it's disrespectful. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, so, somebody,
1: so, I know you and I both made comments about his name at, before and after the fight. Somebody on Twitter uh, put a meme up with his with his pick pic, picture and it said uh, sugar, "Ray Sugarless Robinson," and I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs>
0: but uh, you said
1: real quick, we, I, I, I kind of wanna, I kind of wanna. We're probably going to end up arguing about it a little bit for a few minutes, but you said welterweight is is, is not a weak division. Um, I know where you're coming from with that with that statement, but I, I have to disagree, man. Uh, the more I think about it, especially after this weekend, Victor, uh, we got we've uh, put Errol Spence and and Terence Crawford, even though he hasn't had a, an official fight at welterweight yet, put those guys off to the side for just a second, and I look at this a lot like. I'm going it's not an exact comparison but it r- kind of reminds me of that state of the heavyweight division where we have the big drop off. You have Joshua, a big drop off, and then you have Wilder and then a, a, another really big drop off. We have uh Spence and then we have uh uh Crawford who who will debut at that weight class at some point this year. Um but out, after that it's a huge drop for me or at least in my opinion. I mean, I I think Keith Thurman is a is a Second-rate fighter, um, and then I mean he doesn't he fights once or twice a year, and then we've got Danny Gar- guys like Danny Garcia, Sean Porter, who's you know I like his energy and I like the guy he's you know he's, he's an affable guy, but I mean holy shit that guy is so sloppy you know what I mean the guy smothers a little work. Ah, uh, see I I disagree man I disagree you
0: I can don't beat Thurman. I, I,
1: yeah, see, I disagree. <laughs> I don't, I don't agree with that, man. I, I look at the welterweight division is, as, as, like I said, a lot like I look at the heavyweight division, a little bit different because Spence and Crawford are much better than, than Wilder in terms of like, you know, what, what they're capable of doing in the ring, but, um, or I should say their fundamentals, but, uh. I just, I see a really uh, I see a division populated by four or five guys, you know, from like number three to number seven or eight that don't want to fight each other, that aren't very good, and are are just kind of they're like like this they're second rate fighters, being marketed as like the sports elite, you know what I mean? And and then that with that fake you know bullshit we saw on Saturday night when uh, when Garcia and Porter were arguing in the ring or, you know, whatever that was supposed to be. But I don't I don't know, man. I, I, yeah, I just I, – I don't agree that welterweight is, is a deep division right now. At least – I mean, there's there's some interesting fights to be made there. I'll, I won't deny that. But those fights are not going to happen at least anytime soon um, just because almost all of those guys are associated with Al Heyman. Um, I mean, Al Heyman kind of owns – his stamp is on the, all over the welterweight division right now. I mean, he's got all those guys. And aside from Spence, like, you know, and like the caller, uh, Adrian, the caller from yesterday said, you know, Spence looks the part. He certainly, you know, and, and it's hard to knock the guy, but he hasn't really been tested. We haven't seen if he can catch and what happens when he's in there with somebody on, you know, on his level, at least offensively. So I just, it's, it's a really like, it's a really weak division in my opinion, man. I just it just ugh. and after this last Saturday night it was just like you know watching watching Danny Garcia uh, or Brandon Rios give Danny Garcia fits you know and some problems it was just like you got to be fucking kidding me this is not you know this this should not be the the these guys should not be ambassadors for their division I mean they're it's a you know they're just they're just not that good you know
2: okay so. You consider Cruiserweight a strong division, right? Uh, yes. Okay, so let's do a comparison here. Cruiserweight has Uset Garcia, if you know those are the two best. You have Breedis and then I, or Breedis, And I think you have, like, kind of a drop-off as far as, like, their technical abilities with Door to coast. Lebedev is kind of old. Goloski, he's maybe not. I don't think he's, and I don't think you can really compare him to the top Two or three right now. I think there's also a stop drop off there. Now, let's compare that to Wiltshire Waite. Got yeah, Thurman, Spence, Crawford. I think Thurman is around the realm of even if you don't, I think he's around I think he's good enough to be competitive with them, right? Also Porter, also around the realm of being competitive. So now we have four guys that should be on paper competitive with each other. That's more than you can say about Cruiserweight. Then after that, you have Jesse Vargas. You have, like, Jesse Vargas not, like, great, but he's not terrible.
1: He is serviceable, for sure.
2: Yeah. You have the main machine who's also on the come up there. Peterson yeah. got starched out, so he's not really, like, in top ten. But he's good enough to where if you can beat him, you should be, like, a good fighter and Danny Garcia around the realms of that if you can beat him you should be a good fighter it's actually deeper based on like the names themselves or not names as far as popularity but names as far as like what they can do their talent level deeper than cruiserweight
0: hmm <sighs>
1: i don't know i i i totally get what you're saying but i don't know if i, I agree 100% i i think there's a drop off in 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 almost every division, I would be surprised if
0: there yeah, was there a division
1: is. where which one which one is like solid all the way. No, I'm saying like there is always a drop off. Oh okay. Off, but for, oh like yeah the yeah. Division. I was thinking of, of middleweight. You have Canelo and Golovkin, and then a, a big step down to Jacob. You know, or not a big step, but a uh, a, a, a I step I a big.
2: And... I wouldn't say it's a big step down though. Even after that, like I could see jacob's beating canelo just because of like size and movement i could see saunders beating canelo because of movement i could see dario beating canelo i think golovkin's kind of like on his way out i think he's going to have like two Mm -hmm. or three more fights at middleweight i think he's having trouble making the weight honestly you think so i see yeah dude when you look at him and look at him at the weigh-ins still wearing like hoodies and sweatshirts and shit like that right Mm -hmm. that's something that you do if you're still trying to sweat off that last bit of weight I think he's wearing that all the fucking time because it's not cold at all in those rooms. The only time you see a guy dressed like that is if they're still trying to make weight. When you see a guy like grab their uh their little electrolytes and like down that shit like they're that's the first thing they've drank in like days.
1: They're
2: because depleted. they're ready to
1: collapse. Oh man, yeah,
2: they're depleted. It's... And also his ring performances show a guy that had trouble making weight, and he's in because he's a little bit it's not just age, man. He's having trouble even look sure. at the pictures where he's like just like the um those training pictures. He has kind of a gut now. He has to shave that shit off. He's not having yeah, yeah, yeah. an easy time making 160 right now. Two fights and he's moving back up, to, or not back up, moving up to 168.
1: Mm, yeah, you could be right. I, I kind of noticed that with Golovkin. I, I know some of it's age. It always is age, but Right. I, I know that there the you know the rumor mill uh, that that was running for a long time that said he had a, some sort of neck injury or that he sustained it either just before or during the the fight with Jacobs uh and that, in the
2: training camp. Yeah, no and way that, he got that injury like in the fight and, because in the fight
0: you,
2: Yeah, once you get an injury like that, you stop everything. There's no way you're going to be able to compete with an injury sure. like that, like having sustained it at that time frame. And sure. the injury might not even be a real thing, because if you think about it, like, the way we know about this injury is because of an email sent from Tom Loeffler to Jenny, uh, wow, well, Danny Jacobs to a uh, Saunders's team, about how they might not be able to do the fight in June or whatever, because Golovkin has a neck injury. They, have to, like, say how oh, that's going to go. That's not something you send to your future opponent. Like, hey, my fighter is injured or is dealing with an injury. <laughs> you don't let him know that you say you want to postpone the fight or like you might not be able to take the fight or like something may be happening but you don't sure. tell him that you're injured that's unless you're incompetent no, no, and I don't no, think no. incompetent so it might not even be a real thing
0: uh, yeah, I mean it's possible at the I same mean...
2: time at the same time though we never saw any training pictures of him in camp right. for the yellow fight we heard like a complete like media blackout for that shit which means that something may not have been going right there there's maybe something we didn't want to see
0: Right, which no,
1: is the
2: side of that injury.
1: Yeah, and I know that part of part of the rumor, there was, it was like a sub rumor to to the injury thing uh, that basically said Golovkin had put on a ton of weight after that mm-hmm. injury, after the Jacobs fight, because he couldn't train, couldn't do anything, and he was hurting. So, I, you know, when I when he weighed in, and I, I I I think the guys on HBO, and I saw some people on Twitter saying, "Oh wow, you know, Gennady looks weight drained." I thought, no, he just looks, you know, he looks, he didn't look gaunt to me, but it's one of those things where when people said, "Oh, he's in decline after the uh, right after the Brook fight, and then after Jacobs fight," I didn't see it. I mean, I saw those th- those signs, but because of the level he was operating at, and because uh, you know he's so good, I just thought, "Nah, maybe it's maybe it has maybe it's Jacobs because Jacobs is a decent fighter. Maybe it's Canelo. Maybe it's Brooke. You know, all three of those guys are really good fighters." Uh, and I'm not saying that all three are equally as talented because they're not, but you know his, his level of opposition went way up in those fights. So for me, it was you know how much of, how much of this do I attribute to his opposition? How much do how much of this is you know age, and and how much of this you know is there any credibility to the claims of you know him him having problems making weight? I guess I guess we have to wait until what, uh, May 4th to find out. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it, there's that, uh, just to get back to where we were, we were headed. Uh, there's that, there's that drop off, I think in every division. Um, I'd have to go back and, and look at the outside, you know, cause outside of the guys that are in the cruiserweight tournament, um, I kind of have tunnel vision, like with anything happening at any time, no matter what era I've been watching the sport in, like, you see a guy you like or you see a division that's really interesting or exciting or that has, you know, something good on the horizon and, or not, not, not anybody else. Maybe it's just me, but I tend to get like tunnel vision or I get hyper-focus like, like, like middleweight. Okay. There's Gennady Golovkin when he came on the scene. All it was for me for like the first two years of, you know, his U S debut or after that was, Oh my God, this guy, Gennady Golovkin, this middleweight champion, this guy's going to be undisputed someday. You know, I knew who else was in the, in the, you know, in the rankings, you know, or or had a pretty good idea, but it wasn't, I, you know, it was was just, like, my radar goes on that one guy or that one division, or in this case, the Cruiserweight Tournament, like, outside of that tournament, I have to open up, you know, I have to look at BoxRec, or I have to go to WBC.com, or whatever it is, and look at everybody's rankings, because, you know, it's tough, I mean, I'm familiar with most guys in the sport, you know, top five, top ten in each division, but, you know, eh, I, I, you know, especially with the cruiserweights, Victor, because I mean, I that's one of those divisions that kind of just—it's a great division. I think it's—I think it's one of the the better, or probably the best addition, you know, when they added, or, or to the the original eight weight classes. But uh, it, it's one of those divisions that just kind of goes unnoticed most of the time, even when there's a good fight.
2: Yeah, it's because it's it, usually it, just it, a stepping stone to heavyweight. Right, now, right. That's like a legitimate division. But usually, is just seen as the stepping stone to heavyweight.
1: Right. Well, I know that I like. Like, it makes me think of like Evander Holyfield or David Hay or trying to think who else came up from. Well, Thomas Adamek did it, but he was he was not a good heavyweight. Um, is it, can you think of anybody else that 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 did well coming up from cruiser, or that that used cruiser as like a launching point for a heavyweight campaign? Hmm. Off the top of your head?
2: <laughs> Off the top of my head, no.
0: Besides Holyfield?
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think of someone that you didn't mention already. Um, I can't. No.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's no big deal.
1: I, it was just one of those things where I'm trying to, you know, make me think, well, hey, wait a minute. You know, who else has kind of used that division as a springboard? Um, but I. <laughs> I can't think of anything, anyone besides David Hay most recently, but he was a complete w- wash and waste of time. But like, you know, the one name that stands out is Evander Holyfield. Oh, um, uh, Roy, Roy Jones did it too, but... Uh, Didn't you he get
2: Cruiserweight though? I, yeah, I was going to
1: say he, he went up to heavyweight, but I was going to, right before you did, you took the words out of my mouth. Oh. I, think he, I think he skipped 200 and went from 175 to whatever he weighed when he fought... Uh, uh, the Quiet Man Ruiz. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just the welterweight division. I see a lot of, and, and to be fair, you're pro- you're probably right at least partially. Um, I'd have to, you know, research it a bit more. But I, the you know that big drop off after the top two guys, and then I you know, I just I'm so like irritated because I know well, we're gonna get you don't we're gonna get
2: that, uh, you don't think that Thurman would be competitive with Spence or Crawford. You don't think he would like win rounds or what? You think we'd just get starched out us in the sixth round? Oh no no no
1: no 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 no! I don't think I don't think Thurman is a bum. I don't think he's uh, you know uh, I don't, he's not a Rios. He's way better than Danny Garcia. He's he's better than Sean Porter. I think Keith Thurman, if he was at, if he fought three or four times a year, preferably four, and pushed himself and, and you know and was busy all the time, I think he would be much better. But uh, like you said, yeah, on yesterday's show and, and several times. When you and I are watching the fights together over the last few months, you know, when you take, when you take, when you're off or when you fight once or twice a year, every fight to tune up because, you know, the the rust never goes away. You know, it, it's all, you're always, you're never ready for the step up, you know? So I, I think, I think Thurman, to answer your question, I think if Thurman were to ever fight Spence, I think that he's competitive. Um, I don't think Thurman has the power that, you know, like his nickname suggests, he has. I think that's kind of smoke and mirrors. Um, I think he probably wins max four rounds, but I think Spence probably stops Thurman and stops him like in round nine or ten. Um, against Terrence Crawford, I think he wins probably maybe two to four rounds, and but I think I think. Terrence Crawford's a much better fighter than Spence. Uh, just call it a hunch, um, based on the eye test, anyways. Um, I think I, th- I think both guys actually knock him out. I think Crawford would do it a little bit easier. Um, I think Thurman's probably the third best uh, welterweight in the world behind those two. Um, but which is kind of sad because I know there's a lot of people out there, uh, and I've taken heat for it. You know, you can't you can't rate you can't rate or rank. Uh, Crawford at one forty seven he hasn't even fought there. Well, you know, he's only putting on a few pounds and we've already seen what he can do. You know what I mean? I he's not and gonna he's walk through
2: at Walter weight yeah. than he is at one forty because he was draining himself to yeah. shit to make one forty.
1: Yeah. And I, I agree with that. I think he's gonna be stronger. I think the power will carry. I think he'll 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 have more energy because he's not weight draining himself as much. Um yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I, I think Thurman is a, the third best, and I don't think he's – I think he's maybe a class below where, where I know Crawford is and I think Spence is. Um, you know, I guess, I guess we just have to wait and find out, uh, which kind of sucks because Thurman's going to fight maybe once or twice this year if we're lucky, and then it's probably going to be against uh, – I don't know who the hell he's going to fight when he comes back in May – but
2: they were talking uh, talking about Jesse Vargas, but now I think they've changed their plans on that one. they are probably going to see yeah. him against Omar Figueroa when Figueroa gets out of jail.
1: Yeah, that's actually don't I and I, I hate to discuss show notes while we're on the air, but I forgot to put uh, the Omar Figueroa uh, Broner <laughs> uh, snafu uh, our legal issues oh, down on the show forget. notes. Yeah, so don't let me forget when we get closer to the end of the show because those guys are a fucking mess, man.
2: Um That is let, yeah. the most absurd well, thing. Y-
1: y- you know, part of me laughs at, at shit like that, uh, and we'll talk more about it later. But uh, uh, you know, a big part of my brain just—I I just feel bad. At, like, I feel really like disappointed in these guys. It's like you have—I mean, if somebody gave me the opportunity that you know the kinds of opportunities that Broner was you know getting. Mm-hmm. Fuck, you know what I mean? Uh, you know what I mean? Hey, I'm gonna make some adjustments. Hey, you know what? I gotta clean up my sh- act a little bit. Hey, you, you know what? No problem, dude. It, it's it's a huge opportunity. It's a huge paycheck, and so this is just proof. It you know we've talked about it before, where the sport doesn't have mentors and you know financial advisors or anything like that. There's nobody to really take you under their wing and say, hey, you gotta stop. You know, you're 28 years old. You gotta stop acting like you're fucking 12. You know what I mean?
0: Get your mm-hmm. shit together.
1: You're making you're making anywhere from 500 to 5 million, you know, 500 grand to 5 million, you know, depending on who you're fighting in this sport. So get your act together, you know, but, uh, let's jump back on track. We'll, we'll, we'll do the, the Broner Figueroa junior thing, uh, in the second hour. Um, but did you have anything else to add, uh, to the Benavidez or, Ro- uh, to the, yeah, uh for the the Benavides yeah, sorry. No, really. Yeah. Okay. Well then let's move on. Um, there was another fight that I didn't actually watch live. Um, I had absolutely zero interest in it, um, and it was – I think it was PBC on Fox. It was Devin Alexander versus Victor Ortiz in a 12-round welterweight fight, uh, which took place about six – I would say anywhere from five to seven years too late. Would you not agree, Victor?
2: Yeah. I mean, this fight would <laughs> have been interesting if they happened when it was supposed yeah.
1: to happen. Yeah, I, I – I agree wholeheartedly, man. Um, and uh, Devin Alexander, I know that there was some some controversy w- among fans o- online about the scoring. You know, I, I, I want to see the, the sport play out fairly at all levels, whether a guy is washed, whether a guy is a no-hoper, a has-been, whatever the case
2: isn't it weird that um, this happened anyway? Because doesn't it seem like Devin Alexander should have gotten the nod, even if he lost? You know what I mean. Like they were trying mm-hmm. to build back Devin Alexander, and then he gets a draw that where he won like every round except for like maybe three against Victor Ortiz. Like how does? Yeah. That, what are they I mean, doing? You know,
1: I, it's one of those things, I, and I don't want to spend too much time talking about this fight because you may disagree with me, but I this fight was. Uh, this fight was the P, it was basically pvc leftovers it's their second tier and i mean the the pvc's first tier is usually b level guys that are you know wrapped up in a pretty bone and, and sold as elite fighters but uh you know devin alexander uh, out of the ring had some some personal issues with drugs and you know victor ortiz has been washed for a long time and was never really that good to begin with uh it was just it was one of those things where I had, I, you know, I I took heat yesterday, and I took some heat online for tweeting out that, you know, I didn't have any interest in the Ray Beltran fight, and or, or him as a, you know, the, him as a fighter at this point in his career, or the fight he was involved in. I had even less interest in in Ortiz Alexander. I mean, these guys are. This is a, this was one of those fights, Victor. That regardless of, of which promoter, uh, you know, put it on, it, it's it's a fight between. Two guys two two never two never were's that were are completely washed up and have been highly inactive the last several years, so yeah, and, and, and I say it it wasn't making matters worse,
2: they were never worse. I mean, if you think about it or if you call, the Devin Alexander versus Tim Bradley fight was a huge fight that was supposed to like save boxing. It didn't turn out that way, but <laughs> people were pretty high on Devin Alexander and Victor Ortiz was what like prospect of the year or some shit like that at one point so they definitely had high hopes for them they just
1: didn't oh well, yeah no they, they were, they were like the bat, yeah they were the batters on they definitely were batters on deck but they never they never stepped up to the plate and 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 you know even hit a double or a triple it was just kind of they just kind of fizzled out you know for yeah, different the Marcus
2: russells of yeah boxing both of yeah, them
0: yep
1: yep, yep. Yeah I mean it's 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 you know it's, you're not it's,
2: a Raiders fan you don't know what I'm referencing
1: <laughs> Yeah yeah I do right? I I, you you do know, I don't I don't well, I don't I don't it's funny because uh I'm a musician and a lot of people think uh until they get to know me they think oh you listen to everything and you play everything no I'm a, I listen to metal and I play metal exclusively like it's mm-hmm. I'm a total metalhead like not that I think other types of music aren't valid or don't have a place they do they're just not for me you know what I mean? but like when I tell people that, then they go. They they'll make a reference to, or, or they'll say, "Oh, who's this on the radio?" You know, you're a musician, and I'll know. I'll, oh, it's Iggy Pop. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's, you know, or it's it's some, you know, pop singer. You know, and how do you know that? You're you're in the metal. You know, I I'm not deaf. I have you know. I'm around other people that listen to different types of music, and you know, I hear it in stores, and you know, what I mean, the kids always have something on, so I know I know what you're referencing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, if you got now, if you went into great detail, if you asked me who was who the who the Raiders, uh, you know, head coach is right now, I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, I I'll, I, but I do know who you're referencing, uh, and I get the point. But yeah, it's just it, those two guys. You know, it, I, it's it's like I said, it's it's the sports leftovers or the PBC's leftovers. So uh, you know, I mean, did you catch the fight at all? Did you watch it? or Did uh, you like me? Did you man. watch highlights?
2: I was in the same boat as you for this one. I saw highlights, and I read what people talked about it. I was like, okay, so Devil Alexander seems to be winning every round. All right. Draw. You're outraged. Okay, we're going to go with that.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, what? I think what really bothers me most about this fight was the fact— Oh, excuse me. Uh, that— I had a I had a strong suspicion, and I still do, that the winner was going to be groomed as an opponent for, for someone like Thurman or Spence or even Danny Garcia. Um, yeah, they
2: were talking about I, that already.
1: Yeah. I just, That's the plan. Like, what, a,
2: what a fucking waste.
1: Let Danny Garcia fight. Uh, let Danny Garcia take a big step up again. You know what I mean?
0: Keep, keep
2: Dude, Ortiz the thing that and Alexander me. out of there. Uh-huh. The thing that bothers me the most is that they have the fucking tools to make this into, like, a decent card. All they had to do was have everyone that's involved on, like, both cards, the Garcia and the uh, Alexander card, and, like, merge them to swap opponents. Rios versus Ortiz, undercard. Now, all you have to do is put Sean Porter versus Danny Garcia. I know Sean Porter wasn't on that card, but he was fucking in the vicinity. They could have had him fight. There's no reason to have him not fight. He likes to stay active. And there, two fights.
0: Yeah, kind
1: of, and, it would have been fun. Yeah, we'll see if the PVC, if the people that ran the PVC were competent and knew how to promote, they would have done what exactly what you said and made kind of like a mini or or you know quali tournament out of it, so that you know, you, as a viewer, you go, oh, I bet the the winner of this undercard fight is going to fight the winner of the main event. Yeah, it's usually what what competent well, promoters I, do.
2: I, but I, I, I wouldn't have done that shit. That would have been bad. You want
1: to see Ortiz versus? No, no, no. no but I mean, I mean, from the from the from the perspective of of, of building a brand or or creating a storyline or some drama to follow, you know what I mean? I, I don't actually mean that I want to see Ortiz or Alexander against any of those guys because I don't want to see him against anybody. Period. Uh, I can uh, my life is is just fine without Devin and Alexander and Victor Ortiz uh, on my TV or on my monitor. So, um, yeah, it's just a shame, man.
2: Like, if you put Devin Alexander versus David Evanesian, or maybe even uh, the main machine, I'd be like, okay, we can see what's going to happen here. We can, like, gauge how these younger guys are doing against, like, an older vet like this and just keep steadily stepping them up. I think that's all guys like Alexander should be built right now. They have a place that's yeah. just not the no, place yeah, you're I mean... using for it.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, no, 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 and that's that's one of my biggest complaints about the PBC, and I know it's it's a common complaint amongst uh, the hardcore boxing fans like you and I, is that the PBC doesn't either doesn't know how to use their guys or just completely misuses them. You know, I, I, you're right, Alexander and Ortiz have a place in the sport. Ortiz, eh, he should probably retire. I mean, that guy is just he's he's been done a long time, and I don't think his heart's in the sport, but. You know Alexander could serve as you know like a like a lower end gatekeeper you know for guys that are coming up to to get kind of that you know middle of the road name under their belt so to speak but uh, yeah I man outside out, out uh huh
2: you saw the um, Julian Williams versus oh my God how am I forgetting his name his last fight why can't I remember this right now God damn it Fox Rec time <laughs> it's <a> Smith. <laughs> Isha Smith, okay.
1: Uh, I don't remember. (laughs)
2: Oh, well, it was a good fight. It was...
1: Smith is another name that just, like, makes me kind of go, uh, you know?
2: Right, but here's the thing. You can... Julian Williams was in a tough fight versus Isha Smith. The cards were way too wide, but it was a tough fight. Julian Williams should have gotten the nod. He did get the nod. He deserved to win, but close fight, Fun fight, competitive. It showed us a lot of things about Julian Williams. That's how I think you should be using these older guys. Just put them against the guy that's like young hasn't really had that many step up fights, and just use them to steadily gauge how these other younger guys are. But yeah. They're oh no! Yeah, yeah, that. I did.
1: I, I did see that. You're, you uh, Yeah, I did see that fight. Now I'm remembering it. Um, I, I did watch it live, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. These guys have a definitely have a place, and you have a valid point. I just. God, I wish I I just wish they weren't promoted the way they are. You know what I mean? Are told to the public, boxing public, the way they are. That shit just drives me nuts, man. But uh, I want to keep things moving here. Um, speaking of the Mean Machine, and I w- I'll call him the Mean Machine because I yeah, cannot I pronounce that dude's either. name. Yeah, yeah I man, cannot that,
0: pronounce. That? And if you,
1: <laughs> and, to, and to be to be honest, Victor, the, the, anybody that listens to this show, because you know we're we're basically nobodies right now in the grand scheme of things like you you have to be a hardcore boxing fan so if we say the mean machine you know exactly who we're talking about we don't have to use his his real name um but i wanted to talk about uh his fight real quick uh oh i've got some kind of uh some malfunction on my pc hang on a second all right wow what is that all about okay um uh, i think What's it's gone thing? now there was some na- uh, the nationwide is on your side started playing and I didn't. I don't know where that was coming from. I think it was coming from Boxrec, uh, so I just closed all of that. Um, no, but I wanted. I wanted to ask you what you thought of uh, the Mean Machines performance, and, and what do you think of him as a fighter? Because he won. He won the fight by knockout this past Saturday night. Um, where Where are you at with him?
2: I think I don't remember if we got to talk about this on the last week's show because I was sick and I missed it. So I may have said it on other. Hopefully, I was able to say this prior to this, but if the meme Machine was able to knock out Evan Essien, it would tell us that the meme Machine is who we think he is. And he did. He's a solid fighter, man. He's good. A lot of power in there. He's calm in there, which is really good. He didn't do anything stupid. I didn't like the uh, – I don't really like his jab too much, honestly. But <laughs> good fighter, good fighter, man. I'd like to see him step up sometime this year yeah. or maybe next year.
1: I was a little bit higher on the mean machine when he was, you know, blowing guys out and stuff. I know that has a lot to do with his, his, his level of competition earlier on, but, uh, I've, I've noticed he's uh, fights a little bit differently and maybe, maybe he's just maturing as a fighter. Um, but his temperament seems, excuse me, his temperament seems to have changed in the last couple of fights. Um, I definitely agree with you. I think he's a good fighter. Um, but for me, at least for the time being, the jury's kind of still out. Um, I I see a lot of things here that are good, um, but I want to see how he does uh, against, you know, somebody more credible. And I, I know that that's probably not going to happen in the immediate future, so um, we'll probably have to wait a bit to find out more about The Mean Machine. Uh, but I like the guy, um, and if, you know, anybody that's going to knock people out, you know, I'll, I'm tuning in. So uh, he's definitely one to keep our eye on, um, you know, and ho- uh, hopefully one day he can – you know, he'll uh, you know, pose a challenge or a risk to the to to the guys at the top of his division. So uh, I guess we yeah, just have as to wait. And
0: see, man.
2: <laughs> as long as they don't butcher his career and step him up too early, that should be the case where he just like ends up being a threat to the top guys. If they decide sure. like I'm gonna throw him in there with Crawford right now, and then it's like all right, now you just fucked everything up. Good job. But as yeah, long as they just it, steadily it, step him up.
1: Well, is it, isn't not the main Machine in his 30s now?
2: Shit, he should be kind of old a lot of these eastern European boxes start from like double or pretty old, yeah,
1: and that was something actually i want I wanted to bring up and and, and talk- and talk with you about is uh you just you just said it uh I took the words right out of my mouth and off of my notes um a lot of these Eastern European guys with what looks to be you know good or or better talent you know are are getting this big push in their in their late, late twenties or early thirties. And it's like, you know, I know that's, that's a, that's a boxer's prime or for most boxers it is, but it's like, man, what happened, what happened to the guys or what happened to the, what happened to the, you know, the era in the sport where a guy would be coming up at 21, 22, 23, and then become a champion while he's still, you know, before he's even entered his physical prime, you know what I mean? When he's still really young, um, it happens – it hap- It seems to happen like that less and less as time goes on, man. Uh, like you said, especially with these Eastern European guys coming over. Um, why do you think that is?
2: They spend a lot of time in the amateurs. They don't really transfer into the pros until they're already at this age anyway. And then they're fighting just like nobodies, and they have to like do that shit until they end up with a good promoter. And then that promoter's like built them up, but by that point they're already like in their mid twenties, late twenties.
1: Right. Well, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the Mean Machines uh, box truck right now. He's he'll be thirty in uh, at the end of June this year. Um, so he's not uh, he's not an old guy, but he's definitely not you know he's not a spring chicken in terms of you know uh you know a professional athlete. So kind of it kind of it's kind of a shame because if the you know when these guys do really have the goods. You know, you want to see, like, like just like Golovkin, I, and I, we, you know, we all yep. know why he it took him so long to get over here into HBO, and we we can go over that again on another show, but, you know, he came over and he was just shy of turning 30 himself, and, you know, uh, uh, Steve Kim from UCN Live has talked about it on his show, and, and I think he's written a couple of articles about it where, you know, when Tom Loffler approached him and said, hey, I, I have this Kazakhstan, uh, guy from Kazakhstan, and... He's 30 years old, and I'm gonna make him this huge star, but he doesn't speak English. You know, and Steve Steve was very skeptical, as I think all of us would be. And it was well, yeah, one of those
2: probably were... just like laugh at his ass if he said, it, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. No, no. To Tom's credit, he's done a phenomenal fucking job with with Gennady's career. Um, Man, but
2: Golovkin if, if, like for the second stage of his career, the Abel Sanchez style um, himself, Tom Loeffler, that. They're fucking geniuses. Everyone, knows. right?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and to, to get back to my point, to make it very clear, and then I want to get your thoughts on it. Imagine mm-hmm. if had G- Gennady Golovkin been able to get away from Universal Promotions or Universal Promotions, uh, where he was over in Europe, and uh, and come over, hook up with Loeffler and, and and Sanchez when he was in his like you know when he was 24, well, like like Gosseev's age, 23, 24. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what he probably would have been able to accomplish, you know, with with 10 years ahead of him instead of three or four, like a lot of these other Eastern European guys have, like the mean machine, you know, not that Rolling. I think the mean machine is going to be as good as Golovkin, but we don't have those years to develop and find out, you know,
2: ruling boxing with an iron fist. <laughs> That's what would happen for who?
1: Yeah. It's, it's a fun thing to think about. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, I think of, and I know, I know Mike Tyson was an exception. You know, he was the youngest heavyweight champion of all time. You know, but I, that was something I loved about Tyson, and and a, and a couple of other guys too is they they they, may, they get their big break, you know, in their in their early twenties, you know, mid twenties, and then they rule their division or they're a problem in their division for like a decade. You can be excited about these guys for years and years and years on end. You know what I mean? And follow their whole career. Uh, a guy like the mean machine or or uh you know even uh, Dimitri Bivol or Bivol, uh you know
0: i think he's 30 or something no, like that
2: too no no no, no. Bibble is young as B- shit Bivol's like 20 no, is he? 25 yeah Bivol's a young guy let me look this up on box Bivol is not like there's the other another, ones he's the exception there's
1: an, yeah, there's another guy there's another eastern european guy that's in his 30s that we've all been talking about i don't remember who it is oh I mean, he's 27 a lot of them that,
2: are that old but yeah. but even
1: even yeah, he's he's still a really young guy, you know, in in life, but as a boxer, he he's going to be entering his prime like any time and then he's got what two or three years before, you know, he plateaus and and, and then he, you know, he starts his eventual decline. I I hate to see even with Beeble, even though he's you know, a couple or a few years younger than the mean machine or uh, you know, than Golovkin was when he got his American exposure. I, I want to see this happen when guys are, you know, five or six years younger than that, you know, like the sport used to do much more frequently. Um, I don't know if it's a, if I mean, it's. Bill uh, is actually the
2: right age for the stage that he's at. I mean, he's currently a champion. He has a fight with Barrera. That's going to, assuming that he wins, is going to like propel him even further. Then he's going to be in a position where he's going to get fights with guys like Kovalev or like the other huh. top dogs in this division. Like he is the right yeah. age for if- what he is right now. He's, that, that was a bad yeah. example, bro.
0: That was no,
1: see no, I, no, but no, I use Bebo as an example because I, I like to see guys, like like we have that problem in the sport right now where especially with the PVC guys, they're twenty six, twenty 28 year olds. I'm not ready for a step up, you know, and then you've got someone like Gosseev with very little or no you know meaningful amateur experience going, you know, signing signing on the dotted line, putting his, his career, his reputation, and everything on the line, risking everything for a shot at, like, you know, whatever the prize is, and then all the trophy, and then, like, all the fame, and, and, and things they're going to follow. And it's like, mm-hmm. a lot of these guys don't get their push, or they don't want to be pushed, you know, and they, they wait for the big cash-out fight when they're in their 30s. And it's just, you know, not I didn't mean Beeble as, as to be an example of you're right. It's a poor example, I guess, in in the grand scheme of things. But I like to see somebody. You know, I I don't want to hear about I I don't want to first hear about a guy when he's 26 or 27 or 30. You know what I mean? Or 29. I want to I want to hear about him. You know, hey, this guy's a prospect, or or uh, you know, now he's a, now he's a contender at age 22 or 23. You just don't see that anymore in the sport. Um, hey, it wasn't always. I mean, that was never needed. the yeah, no, 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 no. And that's, that's something I, I'm really excited about for, you know, while when I watch Benavides, it's like, okay, if this guy turns out to really be what we all think he might be, and what they're telling us he is, I mean, this guy can be around for another 15 years, you know what I mean? Doing mm-hmm. what he does. So, you know, that's exciting to me. It's it just it's just a little disheartening or disappointing. You know, I heard of people last, you know, I think last year, the year before. So, okay, he was 25 or 26, but he hadn't done anything of note, you know, at that point. And now, now, he's just getting that that break. You know, he's going to be on the Kovalev undercard uh, in the next what, couple of weeks or months, and, and yeah,
2: you know, he'll do and his thing. And I'm so excited for that fight. I can't wait till we do yeah. the show the week before that one.
1: Yep. Well, I'm 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 way more excited about the uh, Bevel fight than I am about the Kovalev yeah. fight.
2: That's what I meant. Because, really.
1: because Kovalev's getting like I, a layup would be uh, a very kind or polite term to use for that fight. I think it's a steaming pile of shit, but you know, given, yeah. given how the negotiations went for both those fighters and getting these, their upcoming fights set up, I kind of, I kind of give uh main events and Kovalev love a pass on that. I, you know, it's, it's tough to get a a name on short notice or when you, when your other plans fall through. So, uh, well, oh yeah, well, yeah, I'm excited about that one too, man. That'll be a good one to, to go over. Um, Now, outside of that, uh, were there any other fights that you wanted to review from this past weekend? Yeah,
2: I can do the Ray Beltron one. I think you just saw highlights of it, so I can do that one. Yeah. Well, Beltron, he has a great story right now. Well, it's great and also fucked up. The way that they're using (laughs) his title as a means for him to get status in this country, legal status in this country.
0: Right. I think
2: you should really... Don't put that much pressure on the guy, man. Don't. This isn't some fucking gladiator type shit. We're like, you win the the match, all right? You're good enough to stay in the country. That's yeah. That's pretty fucking weird. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But I'm glad he's winning. I think he probably could have stopped his opponent, his last opponent, if he kept digging to the body. Like after round five or so, he like completely neglected the body, and Paulus was gassing quite a bit, and he's like, all right. I'm just going to start headhunting now, which that was not the right move. Exciting fight back and forth there a couple of times for Beltron. Looks like he was about to get stopped his damn self, man. I was very emotionally invested in that one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like you said, I only saw the highlights. um, And it's one of those fights in retrospect, like I told the caller yesterday, that I wish I could go back and say, hey, no, 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 don't go to the gym. Watch this and go later or go tomorrow. You know what I mean? Um, and that's, that's the risk you run when you, you know, when you skip out or you pass on a fight or plan to watch it later. Um, I liked what I saw in the highlights. Um, and again, to reiterate what I said yesterday for anyone that may have missed it, um, I'm not anti-Beltron. I think Ray's, Ray's, uh, you know, he's an affable personality in the sport. Um, I, I, think he's an okay fighter, but I just, I don't like, I didn't like this fight or I didn't have interest in this fight. Uh, not because of Beltran himself so much. Um, it was because of... It's not a high-quality match, coupled with the fact that they're going to sell Beltran as a credible opponent for uh, uh, Lomachenko in the fall, more, more than likely. Well, know, it's, it's just one of those things that's a huge turn-off to me.
2: Hopefully because of Beltran's cuts that won't end up happening, because I imagine he still has to like recover from all that shit by the time he has to like, go into training camp for that fight. So they may not even be able to do the Tron versus Lomachenko fight, which I'd be happy about, honestly. I'd rather see Lomachenko get somebody else for his first fight at
0: 135.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and that was something I wanted to, we can briefly touch on it. I didn't include it in our notes, um, but the, the potential Linares-Lomachenko showdown uh, there's, you know, p- uh, there's, people are playing the blame game on Twitter. Both Oscar and Bob Arum are, you know, oh, it's this, it's this, it's this, this is the reason. I mean, this isn't a fucking tournament, guys. You know what I mean? P- pick another date. You know what I mean? Go two weeks right. before. Go two weeks out. Pick a fucking date and make Linares and Lomachenko fucking happen. Would you not agree, Victor?
0: I mean, isn't this just bullshit?
2: No, you're exactly right, man. They- yeah, they- I don't know what they're doing here. And the weird thing here is that Lomachenko is the best option for Lenars financially, and Golden Boy, aside from Canelo, doesn't really have big money earners. I think it's the best interest for Lenars to take this fight. I think it's in the best interest for Golden Boy himself to take this fight. I don't know why they're just bullshitting around about this.
1: Well, and, and yeah, I, no, and nor do I. I think there's probably politics and you know the bitter business bullshit that goes on you know in the sport, but. Uh, I, I'm also looking at Linares in this and thinking, well, the guy's in his 30s. You know, how much longer is he going to operate at the level he's, he's he's at? You know what I mean? Exactly. Because things in the things in the sport, Victor, you know it. And I'm 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 just this is a rhetorical statement, but things in the sport or fights in the sport, big fights especially, don't happen every day. We get one or two big fights a year, and we maybe get three or four like second tier good fights, like a Linares Lomachenko that we all want to see. Um, you know. If you don't do it this this spring, you know when, when the fuck are you gonna do it? Because Bel, if he fights Beltran in the fall, or if he even if Beltran can't, and he fights another guy around around Beltran's level, which is a huge mismatch, complete wash for whoever steps in the ring with Lomachenko, and I and I think he washes Linares fairly easily too. But at least That's Linares eight. has that. Yeah, at least Linares has that credibility. He has that name. He's got a title. He's got, you know, I mean, we, we know who he is, and he's a guy at the top of his division. So let, let's make that fucking happen. I don't, I just, I don't understand why this fight in particular can't happen. Like, like we talked about earlier, had this been a tournament, you know, oh, well, everything's pre- predetermined. Everybody signs and agrees to the terms. You're going to fight on this date. You're going to fight on this date. You're going to fight this person. And you're going to fight in this city and this country. And these are the judges. You don't get any say so. Boom. You know what I mean? This is, this is – Lenares and uh, Lomachenko operate outside of that. And it's, it's two promoters with a lot of pride. Uh, I think a lot of fear, at least on, on uh, you know uh, uh, Golden Boy's side. Um, They have Canelo and they have Linares and they don't have a lot of other fighters. But I mean, if they're willing to make the fight, and and it seems like both sides wanted to make it, the this this bullshit about a date being the reason. I mean, you're competing with a fucking replay of a pay per view, a fucking replay, <laughs> Victor. I mean, isn't this fucking ridiculous? It's, you know what I mean? Um... It's it's like, and I and I was saying this yesterday when when I was talking to Adrian and and, and explaining myself for shedding some light on how I think and how I, you know, view the sport as I go grow older and watch this bullshit, you know, kind of, it just gets worse and worse. Like 2017 aside, the last 10 or 15 years for boxing have been like a slow and steady decline into, uh, uh, you know, we always call it the Mayweather era. I don't credit Mayweather for all of it. I think it was kind of a natural progression of the business, but it's where it's become this, this, it's become less of a sport and more of a business. You know what I mean? Where it's, well, this fight doesn't make sense. You know, we don't want to be on this date because it's a replay. You know, and my guy wants ten million dollars, even though he's never fought anybody credible. And you know, it's oh, man, can we just get these fucking fights made already? You know what I mean? hmm Uh, well, let me ask you, since we're on the subject too, who do you think, who do you think Lom- Lomachenko gets if Beltran is unable to? to to step into the ring later this year, Pacquiao. Oh my God! Do you really think they would do that?
2: I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to end up doing.
1: Oh my God! So I don't like. Well, I don't like that fight is better than Beltran, just just because Pacquiao even at this stage of his career is is better. I think is better than Beltran, but yeah. um, and, and there's that legacy, and I mean he's just that name. He's a legend. and He's a once in a lifetime, you know, fighter. But uh, I don't want to see that fight happen either for a number of reasons. I think that's—I don't want to say dangerous because Lomachenko doesn't hit that hard. Uh, you know, he's not you know, Pacquiao would be facing like a you know a puncher from murderers from murderers Row or anything like that. Um, but I think he sustains a pretty bad beating, and you just hate to see somebody as great as Pacquiao is. You know what I mean? Or was exit the sport on that kind
2: of note. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, who is Lomachenko really punished to that extent? I mean, even Jason Tososa didn't really get that kind of treatment from him. Rocky Martinez didn't, even though Rocky Martinez got knocked the fuck out. So I don't think he's going to look at a whole lot of punishment here. I mean, mm. you're more likely to get embarrassed by Lomachenko than you are to get injured. Yeah. Himself.
1: But, but like, if, if, pa- if he can't get Pacquiao out of there the sustain, you know, even if they're slaps or shoe shining, that shit still hurts. It takes its toll, you know what well, I mean?
2: yeah, it still hurts. I mean, with boxing, <laughs> but it's not – because, like I said, like, Jason Sosa had the same thing. It's not like Jason Sosa got, like, completely obliterated to the point where he's a bloody mess and just, like, can't be sure. same afterwards. So I don't think we're, like, no. a, like any type
1: of – yeah, it's just one of those things. I, it's just I, I for me, it's unnecessary punishment. And I know that this is how the sport works. It's a you know I, I I've had other people tell me, well, don't be so down on it. It's a passing of the torch. And you know, Pacquiao is going to put Lomachenko over. I think Lomachenko is for as good as he is, or might you know as great as he has the potential to be. I don't think Pacquiao. I don't think he's ever going to transcend the sport. I you know I think he'll be more like Golovkin, where he's that guy like. You know, that fighter where guys like you and I go, well, if somebody asks us, who's the man in the sport right now? Well, uh, Vasyl Lomachenko, you know what I mean? You know, or Gennady Golovkin or Anthony Joshua or whoever, you know what I mean? Any any top guy. I, 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 I don't know. I just, same thing when, you know, I, you know when a guy, when an ex-champion is, you know, or, or a legend on their way out is going to take a beating. I just hate to see it happen. You know what I mean?
2: Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't, like, I'm not crazy about the fight, but... I think that would sure. be their best option, so I'm not like gonna. Oh no! Oh no! No like no no!
1: Yeah, let me be very clear. I right, that 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 Pacquiao is a much much better option than than Ray Beltran ever could hope to be. But um, yeah, I guess, I guess we just have to wait, let time pass, and have to wait and see where uh you know those guys end up. <laughs> yeah, we're Hopefully gonna find we'll out. A more couple of I guess. Yeah, I was going to say probably not more than a couple, maybe a few more months at the most. Um, I want to move on to the fight preview because we've got Superfly coming up, or Superfly 2 rather, coming up this Saturday. Uh, But before you and I get deep into that, knee-deep into that, uh, I want to remind our callers that they can reach you and I uh, at 657-383-0391. You can also tweet questions and comments to either Victor or myself at Split the Boxing. Or at 757 Vic all right so with that let's roll over to Superfly 2 Victor boy um, mm-hmm. well, yeah yeah man let me, let me tell you let me tell you something before we get into analyzing and predicting these fights um, I was ringside with one of my uh, followers on, on Twitter a good guy from from England named Thomas and uh, that was a hell of an event man like I knew it was gonna be awesome but being there live made it all the more special. Um, I had planned. now that said, I had planned on going to this one, um, as well. But, um, Aww. there was a death. Yeah, there was a death in my wife's family. Her grandmother passed away two days ago in the morning. So, uh, i I knew to... about
2: that. And I didn't even connect it. I forgot yeah, about yeah, like I forgot I the didn't... timing of that.
1: Man, I, I, you know, I. Not only do I want to be there because this, I think this is going to be an excellent night of boxing, and the first one it was so you know was the best night of boxing. In 2017 But I also wanted to see Like I made a lot of Like boxing friends You know what I mean People mm-hmm. I couldn't believe People were like Hey Split D Like I wasn't walking down Like by ringside Like not everybody But like a fair amount of people And I was like I'm sorry Who are you <laughs> You know what I mean They're like Oh it's me mm-hmm. It's me Oh okay Yeah I follow you I listen to the show oh, oh shit You know So uh, that was really fun So this one's got oh. me Pretty pumped But yeah. I will be able to wa- I am watching it This Saturday night we just won't be able to uh, do the fight review on Sunday. We'll have to do that on on hopefully Monday or Tuesday. I don't want to wait too let it go too long into next week. But uh, let's right. jump right in. So, uh-huh. to add on to
2: that, for the viewers wondering why I'm not going to be there since i guess some people may think that we live in like the same area i actually live in <laughs> virginia he lives in california so for the fights that are like on the east coast i'll probably be going like for the one on Montschler, the Kovalev fight i may be able to go to that one i'll see in like a week i hate to like even time it like that but i may end up going to that one i hope i can man
1: that would be great, dude. Oh, shit, I wish I could join you, man. But there's, there's no way I can fly to these to yeah. Let me just say, you're from Virginia. I'm glad you don't have a Virginian accent. That
0: that accent,
1: no matter how smart a person is, to my ears, <laughs> to my brain, makes them sound completely uneducated and just stupid. Like, I, no, I, the can't, southern can't, I can't is stand I can't stand yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, oh, the, me,
2: it depends on the area of Virginia you live at, though. My area, we have more of an East Coast accent than anything else. I still don't speak in one. I just have a neutral accent. I come from a yeah. military family, so uh, no You accent. sound
1: like you have the you have the same accent I do. You know, I, a lot of people think, "Oh, you have a California accent." No, it's just my accent. You know, it's just a, a variation of an you know one of the Amer- many American accents. But uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Let's let's jump right into this before we go off on uh, other tangents. Uh, I want to go over the it, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I want I want to jump right into the main event. Uh, because this is the one that's really, like, got me excited. Uh, it's, it's, uh, and I'm going to butcher his name. Smithcat Sorung Visai versus uh, Juan Francisco Estrada, and that's for, uh, Sorung Visai's super flyweight title. Um, now I think this is a hell of a fight, Victor. Um, yes. and it was really, really hard for me to pick a winner in this one. I bounced around with it, um, I I started with with you know be, because I was a prisoner of the moment, you know and and, and that and I was sitting ringside for what hat, when when Visa knocked the living shit out of Chocolatito. and you know that image is burned in my brain, you know it'll be there till the day I die. It was hard for me to to look at Estrada not as a credible opponent because he is and I don't know he he would be or, or or is going to be, um, but but as, as time went on and, and the you know the the memory of the first, the, the first Superfly card, kind of moved to the back of my brain. I looked at Estrada as more of a credible threat, um, but I gotta tell you, I waffled back and forth, man, for a long time on this one. And I think because of the size advantage um, and the and, and the and the fact that Rungvisai comes to hurt hurt his opponent, I think he's gonna get Estrada out of there really late. Um, what do, what are you thinking on this one?
2: Uh, I go back and forth on this one i I'm picking Estrada for right now, man. I feel like Are he's you just really a better te-
0: special
2: yeah, man. I just feel Woo! like he's the better he's the more technically skilled boxer in there X yes. movement when. He wants to his movement is actually pretty good, but sometimes he's kind of more of a more of a plotter, really, just like a comfort fighter. I feel like Estrada can like maneuver around. I think he's going to finesse while i'm in here. I'm picking Estrada by decision, but I'm not very confident in that because like the power, the size of that yeah. is man, I can see get yeah. getting sparked out. But I'm I I'm picking Estrada by decision. I'm not very confident yeah. in this one though.
1: Even though I don't agree with that pick, I, I it's one of those it's one of these fights where which is what makes this so awesome is it, it could I could see it going either way. Even though I, I'm I'm Here's confident on Visai wins. I just game I, plan, I look at
2: a, game plan is so important plan. here. I feel like Estrada is going to know that one gank. Can knock the shit out of him if he really, if he really, likes no, no. him, you know. So, I don't think he's going to stand and trade with him. I think he's going to just try to use his movement here. I don't, if he turns this into a war, then Wangek wins, but I think Estrada is not going to let this turn into a war.
1: Do you think he's? it's going to play out for Estrada similarly to how it played out against Quadris back in September?
2: Well, no, because if Wangek has those same chances, Estrada's going to go down and out. Kradres, like he mainly (laughs) lost because he gassed out, to be honest with you. Right.
1: Right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, man. It's funny because when people pick Estrada and I listened to a couple of podcasts early this morning, uh, three of them to be exact. And, and, uh, the, at least one of the guys on each show was picking Estrada. Um, and one of them picked Estrada by knockout. I um, don't um, oh, see
2: that shit happening.
1: Yeah, I, I was kind of not taken aback by that, but kind of like, what? Man, why do the
2: toughest shit? If here's, here's, if Estrada does that, I'm going to be very surprised.
1: You know what? I could see Estrada knocking Rung Rungvisai out just because Estrada has... Out, though? Maybe. I can see a scenario where
2: can him down. I don't see him knocking him Because he's got
1: he's got i think I think Estrada has the better tools in this fight he's a better technician, and I, he's got really good timing, you know and i' mm-hmm. going back to the quadras fight you know he 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 was patient you know and then he ended up dropping quadras i think what was that twice late in the fight and it was just like you it know was unexpected but it, once I, I it may have been once I but I
2: don't remember that I, well I I honestly, like, remember. that was a good fight too, but I don't
1: remember it so yeah,
2: let me phrase this I don't remember every instance of it I remember like it being a really right. great fight, I remember liking it I don't remember. right.
1: Yeah, no, no, it wasn't the kind of fight where you remember details of each round. <laughs> it yeah. was an outstanding fight, but it wasn't a legendary fight. Um, I'll remember, conversely, I'll remember uh, Soaring Visai versus uh, Chocolatito probably for the rest of my life. And I'll remember the, the details yeah. of how, you know, I'll remember how it went down. And if my grandkids, you know, hey, Grandpa, what happened? Oh, dude! You should have been there in 2017. You we know saw
2: what I mean? a legend fall. Yeah. We saw the pound for pound number one get the throne. Because I still had him as pound for pound number one. Because I don't think he lost to Wangek in the first fight. Like I'm not no, going no, to. No, 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 no.
0: But and
1: uh, I'll, I'll never forget the noise, the sound that that Chocolatito made or it made when he hit the fucking canvas both times.
0: Oh, and man. that look,
1: that look on his face sitting ringside. I knew, dude. In the, in the, after the first knockdown, when I saw those eyes, you know, watching watching boxing from home for all those years before I would finally gone, you know, I, that was the first time I had ever been ringside. I saw what everybody else had been telling me for years or I had heard, you know, oh, you don't see a fighter's eyes. We can't really say whether it was a good stoppage. You've got to see his eyes. He got up, but, man, I'll tell you, I, that look on him, he looked over to his corner, which was in my direction, mm-hmm. and I knew he was done. Yeah, the dude was fucking done, Victor. I've never seen that before. You don't see that on TV, even when they're zooming in. You just don't you don't it doesn't come across. You could I saw the emotion on his face, everything. He was just fucking done and I knew he was going to get knocked out the second he got up, but uh coming back to this fight coming up this weekend, um I just think I think size and work rate and power uh give Rungvisai the edge in this, I don't think it's, but I don't think it's an easy fight. I think there's going to be some ebb and flow. Um, I think they're going to mix it up at times. There's going to be like, like sudden bursts of, of, of action. Um, but I got to agree with you, at least on one point, I think Estrada going to, going to try to keep the fight on the outside. He, you definitely don't want the uh, soaring Visai coming in and working, yeah, you know, mid to close range. Yeah. You, you because he, he's just going to tear you up on the inside. But uh yeah, this this this, this has uh, at least on paper, this has uh the makings of a really, really good fight and a really really intriguing fight. Uh so I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one. Uh but moving on, uh also on the Superfly two card, uh we've got Carlos Quadras, who is now training with uh, Abel Sanchez, by the way. Um mm-hmm. and facing that's great off too. against Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Facing that's off be a against good fit. Yep, facing McWilliams Arroyo. Um, now, the first thing uh, I need to point out here, Victor, before we get into our, our picks is that uh, when I did my research or my homework on Arroyo, uh, he's actually been inactive since April of 2016 uh, when he lost to Roman Gonzalez. So <laughs> that to- I don't care how how talented Arroyo is
0: <laughs> or may
1: be, uh, that alone makes this fight. It kind of t- it took a little bit of steam off of it for me. I like Carlos Quadras, and he can be exciting, um, but I don't think this is going to be a super competitive fight, and it's definitely not a not a Ravisai Estrada type of affair. Would
2: you agree? Yeah. No, this is a rebound. This isn't really Quadras versus like the sure. best opponent possible. Sure. This is really a rebound. Quadras is going to knock his ass out. I'm going to guess yep. before round eight, and I kind of hope it goes longer, though, because Quadros does have some problems with his stamina at times. But I think training a big bear is going to just fix that because, you know, the elevation.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but no, we might not right.
2: see that. And Abel um, Sanchez puts his guys through hell when they're in training. So that yeah, should that's, fix all his stamina problems.
0: Yeah.
1: I, yeah. I mean, if Abel, if, he, if he's made it through training camp and Abel Sanchez hasn't given him his walking papers, then... <laughs> I mean, because Abel, it's it's, it's and from everything I've been told and seen and heard. Like when you go to the summit, it's Abel's way. There's certain things you do, and you're not allowed to do, or you have to do. And if you're not putting in the, the the effort, you're not being productive, you're not being cooperative, and you're not following his instructions, you're gone. So, and if you are following his instructions, that means he believes in you and he sees something in you, or that something good is happening. So, yeah, well, you're I mean, about working to kick with the shit out of somebody, that <laughs> yeah. <mean? laughs> What I'll be curious to see is uh, if if Quadras is uh, picks up any of uh, you know if his style has been tweaked at all if he if he starts to show signs of being a summit fighter or a Sanchez fighter you know what I mean well, I know it's only one fight but
2: yeah we're not you know what I'm talking that.
1: about. No,
2: yeah, we're not going to see that that much. Cause not now. Just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Usually it's the next fight when you see this, assuming that he's going to stay with Abel Sanchez, but I don't think we're going to see that much. You're going to see like the benefits of maybe like his conditioning or... Better I mean, working. Yeah. yeah, shit like that, but you're not going to see like a shift in style at all in this fight. Assuming right. this was know, the way that it usually goes in history, you know?
1: Right, right, right. Now, uh, just so... Uh, I'm sorry, for our listeners, um... McWilliams Arroyo is also 1-2 in his last three fights. So take that to the bank. <laughs> um, don't put any money on Arroyo. Um, and don't expect this to be very competitive. I agree with you, Victor. I think this is, uh, even though it's on the Superfly card, it's, it's kind of being wrapped up in a nice pink bow, you know what I mean, or a colorful bow so that it, it looks like it's more than it is. But it's really just a rebound fight. And I think this is a fight Quadris is supposed to win. It's supposed to look good in, and so that he can he can maybe get a shot at at at, at somebody more credible in on uh, the Superfly Three card, which may or may not happen later in the year, um, from what I understand. Um, so you were picking, just to be clear, you're picking Quadras by a stoppage. Stoppage, okay. And I'm gonna say the same. I think Quadras probably gets him out of there in six or seven. Um, uh-huh. I think he'll he'll probably carry Arroyo for a little bit just to get the the work in or the rounds in, but I think he definitely gets him I'm out of there. Too. Yeah, um, I, that's probably the game plan as well. Um, but yeah, man, that'll. I mean, I'm I'm interested in the fight just because it's Carlos Cadres, Um and the guy usually looks pretty decent um, and can be exciting. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but another fight, uh, and it was a fight that was added to the card a little bit late. Um, is and I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, Donnie Nietes, Nietes versus Juan Carlos Revico. Um, who do you like in that one, Victor, and why? Um,
2: this one, I actually go back and forth with this, actually. I don't... You know, something tells me that this isn't going to go the way I think it's going to go. Mm-hmm. I, I keep, in my head, I keep freaking Nietes, but I'm like, you know, this is probably not going to go... <laughs> The way I really, uh, I'm gonna stick with the ESS
1: Yeah, that's that's my pick as well. I think it's probably going to be uh, probably a, a decision. Um, I'm not sure what mm-hmm. type. Uh, I think if I if I remember right, uh, I just want to be a neither, close ni- ni- fight. Yeah, no, neither guy is a huge puncher, um, so I'm not expecting. You know, I mean, then again, we just saw the the, the Ray Robinson versus uh, Ugas fight. And neither guy can really punch in that in that uh, you know in in that fight either, and it was a brutal and spectacular knockout. So you never know, but I, I yeah I'm going with uh, Nietes by decision. Um, I don't know the, from from the information that I was able to find on Revico outside of box rec, I I don't know that <sighs> on this stage I don't think he's he's going to be competitive. I just don't. Uh, he usually, from what I remember, I think I have it marked down, he usually fights in his, his home country. So, um,
2: yeah, I mean, a know. lot of times for guys with smaller weight classes, that happens because for a long time,
0: people,
2: yeah, exactly. So you see a lot of them just fighting in their home country a whole lot. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. And Argentina has a lot of great fighters anyway. And so that is not really a uh, indication of quote, much of anything really.
1: Oh, that's fair. Yeah, You're, it, it, usually though, when I see when I see that, it's maybe you know with the, with the heavier guys, it's sometimes it's, it's there's a reason they don't leave their home country. But there are, like you said, with the, with the smaller guys, there's that that stigma they carry where they're not exciting or they don't sell or they don't draw a crowd or ratings, which is complete bullshit because. Superfly One gave us, a, a, you know, a great the best night of boxing in 2017, and uh, this one, this one, I don't think is quite as exciting as the first one, um, but these guys are definitely going to put on a good show. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm ex- I'm expecting a decent fight, uh, but yeah, I think Nietas or Nitas, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, uh, definitely uh, takes his man the distance and wins a decision. Uh, now the other fight uh, on the Superfly Two card, Victor is, uh, the Hawaiian Punch, Brian Veloria versus Artyom, uh, and I'm going to butcher this one too, Delakin or Delakian? um, now this one required a little bit of research, I'm very familiar with Brian Veloria, um, and I was, I had the pleasure of watching him fight um, on the undercard, the untelevised undercard of Superfly 1, where he knocked oh, his life. opponent out, yeah, oh yeah, and you know, he's a cool guy, I, I like Brian a lot, um, but when I went and looked at uh, Delakian or Delakian, uh, I, I I'm seeing something there on YouTube and on Boxrec that tells me uh, Brian Valoria is is 37 or 38, I believe. And when I watched him, Victor uh, live at Superfly One from ringside, he won and he knocked his guy out. But he was the the guy was not somebody I'd ever heard of. And I'm sorry to the for, you know to the listeners that I don't have the the guy's name in front of me. I didn't write it down, but uh there were there were moments where Brian maybe not struggled but but you know he was given some fits by his by somebody that really was never on Brian's level or would have been when Brian was in his prime so uh I think DeLockian may actually win this one I mean he's got mm-hmm. some pop here yeah i i, I yeah, I, I guess I guess so. I think I think given the fact that Delokian, uh may may have some power there, uh, and a little bit more power than Valoria, and th- that he's much younger than Brian, I think this this might be Brian's uh, farewell fight, if you will. Uh, depending on how it ends, of course. But I I I see a I see probably a mid to late round uh, stoppage for uh, Delackian. How about you?
2: I actually think Brian's going to win this fight by decision Do you? again. Yeah, I mm, see, the thing is, I'm not super familiar with DeLockian, but I did see a couple of highlights of his. And, I don't know, I kind of just want to – yeah, I'm picking Brian for this one. Brian? Well, it's really, if, it's if, gut, if, yeah, it's a if, gut feeling, if, though. If,
1: if, well, if, you go, if you go and watch Brian skip rope on YouTube or on Twitter, you're like, you'll rethink your pick, you know what I mean? You, you go, <laughs> oh, my God, how can I not pick Brian but Warrior? Look at that guy go, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like – he he's so damn good with the rope, but yeah, I I don't know, man. Uh, it's 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 this is another one, and this is what part of what makes Superfly Two so intriguing. Uh, just like the first one, these fights, a lot of these fights, with the exception of the uh, Quadras fight, all three of them, it's kind of like, well, you know, you can make a case for either guy, really, you know, to to some to a lesser and some to a, you know greater degree, but you know that an upset isn't out of the question in in, in many of these fights, so. Uh, yeah, uh Delockian's got a seventy three percent KO ratio. Um his resume is pretty thin, but I I he's only thirty and Brian's thirty-eight, so I think youth is gonna be served on this one, man. Um that'll be that'll be fun to watch with because we don't always have um conflicting picks. So that'll that'll be fun to watch this this next weekend. Um now yeah, I don't I think, think
2: there's we, only one fight, that just said <laughs> we agree on that. I really like Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
1: so I've got I've got Rungvisai um, by late stoppage. I've got Quadris by uh, probably if, at least effective <laughs> stoppage. Uh, somewhere in the middle of the rough fight, round six or seven, I'm getting Niedas Niedas or Nitas by decision, and I'm going with Dalakian for the upset uh, by by knockout. Uh, and what were your picks? Just to run them down real quick. Yeah, Estrada by decision,
2: picking Revico, uh, valeria but i'm not i'm not confident in that one and then quadras obviously that's the easy one
1: right right now see this is what uh we've talked about it before uh, when we talk about tournaments and, and when we when i when i piss all over the pbc parade um but it's so it's disheartening like going back to the ray beltran thing victor uh when you know who the you know who the winner of the fight is going to be, it's predetermined. You know what I mean? Before the guys even even wrap their hands, you know who's supposed to win the fight. This is what makes the tournaments, and I would even call Superfly kind of it's kind of a quasi tournament type of thing that that has got going on here. Um, you know, mixed Man, mixing,
2: imagine mixed, if anyway Eda was still at one fifteen.
1: Uh yeah, I know. I I was really disappointed that he moved up, but. From what I was yeah, told and what i read, that he couldn't—he was having trouble making the weight. So, uh, what, yeah. I, what I'm hoping—what I'm hoping—is uh, whatever they call it, it may or may not be called Superfly Three. But um, if and when that when that card happens, hopefully this later this year, um, I'm hoping way uh, is is uh, is on that card, and some of these guys move up, or that Lawler is able to get some other guys at uh, at bantamweight to you know, to jump in the ring with that guy. Cause that guy, a new way belongs on these cards, like needs this kinds of, and deserves this kind of exposure because he looks to have, he looks to be the goods, you know? Yeah. In
2: anyway, a a beast.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I didn't see a lot that I didn't like when I, when I saw him live too, in September. Um, I think the only big, big glaring problem I saw was that he kept, uh, kept his left hand down a lot. Um, but yeah, I think
2: that's just the level of competition because right. he is pretty defensively responsible when he's you know in yeah. there with the uh, yeah
1: right well when he's in there uh, with someone he
2: perceives a threat
1: right uh, and that's usually the case with most guys um you know and that's why the knockout uh, ratio kind of goes down when they when two guys at the top of their divisions or sport you know go head to head you know things they're they're less likely to to push put push, push their foot down on the gas pedal. You know, and take, take risks or take chances. But, uh, yeah, that is Superfly 2, and that's coming up this Saturday on HBO. Um, now, just as a quick reminder, I know I've mentioned it uh, on the show a couple of times yesterday. I mentioned it once earlier. Um, Victor and I will be watching the fights probably together this weekend, uh, but he and I will be unable to do episode 17 of the show uh, because I'll be traveling four hours to my wife's grandmother's funeral and I won't be back until probably Monday afternoon and then I'm probably gonna take Tuesday off because I'm gonna be just fucking completely exhausted after driving eight hours total with six kids in the car. So um mm-hmm. we'll try to get we'll try to get that podcast in. Um I don't I, I wanna say Monday, but I think that's being I'm, I'm overestimating myself or I'm underestimating the drama that's going to happen, uh, to, uh, you know, on the way there and on the way home, um, more likely Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. Uh, and then we'll review Superfly two, Uh, and then we'll look at, and we'll review, uh, the Bromber Smith fight. And that's the, actually, I almost forgot that we have to preview that one as well. Um, the other fight oh, happening. Sure, yeah. Is, yeah, I almost forgot. I, I, and I can't believe because I, I'm in love with those tournaments, man. Um, but this saturday uh from england we've got uh, Callum smith versus uh, Jürgen brommer Oh, no i'm sorry that fight's in germany is it shit i th- yeah i think brommer's got- i i totally <laughs> i missed world that on boxing the notes so i left series. it all out yeah but anyways my victor's looking that up uh we it's the semi it's the second semi final in the world boxing super series super middleweight tournament uh and the winner of that will go on to hopefully fight George Groves, provided he uh, can train or rec- during his injury or recover from it in time to prepare for uh, the May or June date that they have uh, likely have for the final. Um, did you get that information yet, Victor? Yeah, Nuremberg, Nuremberg, Germany. Okay, so that will probably be on here. I think that's like nine or ten in the morning. Here on the on the West Coast, so that's like lunchtime for you, uh, <laughs> which is which is good. You know, that's another thing. Before we get into that, uh, I one of the things I really love about both these tournaments, and and I know that won't happen in, in future tournaments if there's um, American fighters involved or Canadian fighters or anybody on this on our part of the you know in our time zone or part of the globe. But uh, I love boxing on Saturdays around lunchtime or the early afternoon. It's it's so much fucking better than sitting, you know, go, I've got to wait all day for something I love. And then it comes mm-hmm. all late when my kids need to be put to bed. I'm tired. I've worked. I've been to the gym. You know what I mean? And, and for you especially, Victor, and, and anyone else who, you know, watches boxing on the East Coast, you, you know, shit starts at, what, anywhere from 9 to midnight for you 10,
2: guys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, it's like, and oh, my God. I mean, you
2: care about are usually at, like, midnight or 1 a.m. and shit.
1: Right, yeah, and it's like you know, I, 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 mean, as tired as as old as I am, I all I would stay up for some of these fights, but like, you know, when we have those, uh, when we have those these tournaments and, and, and sometimes those one off fights, you know, where they don't do tape delay anymore, HBO just doesn't, you know, an early afternoon or, or late morning broadcast. Those are my favorites, man. I mean, what what do you think about that? Would you like to see more more uh, uh, boxing you know, oh, earlier right. in, in the day? Yeah. The only
2: thing, the only part where it becomes a problem is when there's another fight on later on in the day that is not really something that I care that much about, but that I also want to see. Because then it's like, all right, I'm drained by that point. Like when they had the, (laughs) we talked about it before on the show, but I forget exactly what it was. It was like two or three weeks ago, whatever the other card was later on in the day. I just, I couldn't care that much about it, man. That was, that was terrible. I was so drained. (laughs) Um, There's actually another card on in the same day. It's the one in the UK, like the UK prospects where you got Anthony yard and Daniel Dubois. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, going back to real, before we preview, just to kind of add to what you were saying about being drained, um, that can definitely be the case. And it has been the case, um, because sometimes the quality of boxing is is crap. Um, but, uh, or more often than not, it's, it's, it's questionable at best. But, uh, I, what I like is what I, what I like is when we have these early fights in the, in the late morning or early afternoon, and then we get a three or four hour break before another fight or, or, or other significant fights happen, Mm -hmm. you know, what, in the, in the early part of the evening or later afternoon, um, and I like that as a fight fan because it allows me to digest. I can I can prepare notes. I can talk to you. You know what I mean? It, it's usually a, bo- a boxing fan schedule on, on Saturday night is you know, it's 4 to 7. You bounce back and forth between HBO, ESPN, or Showtime. And then if there's anything of quality that the PBC is putting on, or you do a show like you and I do where we have to watch or we should watch, you're, you know, you're bouncing all over the place from website to website on, on – many, many occasions you're looking for a stream, you know what I mean, it's, you're jumping all over the place trying to, trying to keep up with the action, or, or you gotta, you know, you watch one show, then you fire up the DVR as you're getting sleepy at nine or ten o'clock, you know, on the west coast, and I can't even imagine what that's like for someone like you over in Virginia, man, you know, but, uh, yeah, I, I wish, I wish, I wish they would, they would kind of rethink their approach to, you know, the air times and stuff, I know that, they have their, you know, they have their 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 charts and their graphs and their numbers, but I've heard other people make the same argument that you and I are making right now. And boxing, I think boxing would better service its fans and itself as a business and as a sport if you know these guys could do their business you know earlier in the day on Saturdays. So, uh, yeah. But let's jump right in um, and go ahead and preview uh, the Braumers-Smith fight. Um, before I weigh in with my pick uh what are what are you think of the fight, and uh who are you going with man?
2: Call Smith? I think it's just gonna to be too big for <laughs> Brommer to really get much of anything going. I mean, Calvin Smith is like fucking like what six two six three, or some shit, man,
1: yeah, he's pretty tall,
2: yeah, I I don't see Brahmer. Yeah, he's getting yeah, he's, going.
1: he's he's six three. that's huge yeah. for there's there's heavyweights that are six three. You know, and there's small exactly, heavyweights yeah, by today's right. standards. But yeah, Callum Smith is and Braumer's, bigger than uh Braumer's
2: uh-huh. also old And this fight. It goes back to what we were talking about in the sense where like one guy's like in the sense of growth, he's not exactly old, but he has a lot of mileage on him. Brommer is sure. the same way, only I think we're leaning towards old now because this motherfucker's like 40 or something. He's a yeah. good he box wreck right now.
0: 39, yeah, he's,
2: 39 yeah. years old. I <laughs> I don't see him winning this fight, man. I, I don't, I'd be surprised no. if Catlin Smith doesn't get his ass out of there, to be honest with you. I think we're going to see a stoppage yeah. in this one. You, you really think so? Yeah, I mean, in my head... Yeah, I think I think Brommer's not going to have enough form right now.
1: No, you know, I I don't know that. I and just so my I can get my pick out of the way. I'm going with Callum Smith um by by dominant, you know, <laughs> decision. Um I mm-hmm. I can see uh, that too. Smith definitely yeah, Smith definitely has the pop in in his hands to get uh you know a guy like Brommer out of there. Um there's no question about that. Um I'm just wondering if Brommer isn't crafty enough to, you know, to, to avoid the knockout or to avoid being, you know, hurt bad enough for that to happen. Um, but I agree with you, Victor. I, 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 Jurgen Brommer, I think, was lucky uh, that uh, Rob Brandt was who he was or turned out to be. He was vastly overrated and didn't belong in the tournament, you know, in terms of skill. And when I juxtaposed that with, with Brommer's age and, you know, the wear and tear on the guy – uh, it's it's t- it's tough for me to 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 see a scenario uh, where Brommer makes something happen,
0: you know. No,
2: yeah, Robert, it's tough Brommer, for me to see a scenario when this fight is competitive, man.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I and I know, I know. Like we always talk about it, and I, I, me especially where you know we become prisoners of the moment and we judge a fighter solely
0: based on what he
1: did in his last fight, especially in tournaments like this where we're following things and you know guys like us are hyped up, you know what I mean, we're way up in the stratosphere, circle and y'all right here, we fucking go, you know what I mean it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, you, you tend to forget what didn't, did and didn't happen before their last fight um, especially when you're doing something like this where we, we're talking about what's about to go down, um, but yeah man I, I think, I think had uh, I think had Rob, had Rob Brandt been a better fighter <laughs> and not been, you know, a guy moving up from 160 that was untested and really didn't belong there you know th- that brommer would have had trouble i think he won only because of the level of his competition i don't think it had much to do with it had more to do with that than with brommer's skill or experience um and against smith this Saturday, um i don't know man i, I it, yeah i agree with you 100% it's hard to see a scenario where brommer wins more than maybe two or three rounds at least in my eyes yep. how do you how do you feel about that
2: yeah, that's pretty much how I see this one going, man. I, Like I said, I don't see a scenario where this fight ends up being competitive. I can't see Romer winning more than two.
1: Yeah, nor, nor can I. Um, and then uh, just as a reminder, uh, the winner of this will go on to fight, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, George Groves, St. George Groves in the final, uh, provided that uh, George Groves can or is able to recover from his, his shoulder injury, which we still know nothing about, Victor. Um, and we'll wrap up the show yeah, with, 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 with a said, brief
0: conversation
1: about this. <laughs> I got an email
2: from the World Boxing Super Series. It's, it's not like an email that was just sent directly to me. It's uh, one of those, like, mass emails. Sure. Everyone sure, that I like, signed sure, up sure. for, website. I don't want people to think I have connections that I don't. <laughs>
1: like they contacted <laughs> hey man, <hook> me up. <laughs> to fail me. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> hey, I need to be – I want to, to be, <laughs> I, I, I wanna be ringside for Usyk and Gosev, man. to Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, but no, there's are saying that um, – Gross recent statement saying that he's like he's healing fast, but I, I don't see this happening. To be honest with you, man, I don't think he's gonna be able to do it. He's like I'm a fast healer. That's the injury update. That's pretty much all it said. It said that like he thinks it's gonna be in back in time, but they're still looking at. By they, I mean like the promoters are still looking at. Um, a replacement for him if they need one, which I think they are going to. I'm wondering who they're going to pick for that for Callum Smith to fight over there for the finals of the tournament, because we... I'm pretty sure it's going to be Callum Smith. I don't see how it's not him. And... I, I don't know where they're going to go, man. I don't want them to go to UBank because it's just, it's just a bad taste in my mouth when you leave a guy that got beaten like that and let him participate <laughs> in the finals. Like, that's, yes. that's bad. And like, even yeah. if you pick anybody else, unless you pick somebody that could also, on paper, run through everybody else in the tournament, it's going to be like, all right, so this guy, like, the tournament winner is going to be some guy that didn't really deserve to... <laughs>
1: Right. Tournament? Yeah. This is. It's a t- I, I'm with you on this one, 100%. Man, I, I look at it, and if it, if it's, if Groves is unable to participate, and and Starland or whoever else might be involved in this tournament is, is unable to, for whatever reason, you know, postpone. Um, I, I'm in favor. Just for the record, I'm in favor of postponing this final until August, September, October, whatever it takes. You know, yep. for us to get a, a conclude a natural conclusion to what has been, you know, uh, uh, you know at least the super middleweight tournament, uh, an ex- you know a decent experience, a good experience, um, and I think it would reflect incredibly poorly, even if the fight turned out to be great, uh, if they had to bring in a replacement, um, or if they put somebody through like you know like you Junior was put back into the mix, it's like no these none of these guys earned the right, none of these guys were fighting. The other tiered fighters for the right to be here—they don't belong here. You know what I mean. And the win- if yep. they want to make the fight, they—they sh- they, okay, give give the winner of Smith Bromer, whomever you know. But don't don't make it a tournament. You know, don't make it a tournament fight. I'd rather see the tournament just end and say, well, you know, they'll meet sometime in the fall or in early 2019 uh, when Groves is healed, you know, or after he's been you know rehabilitated, because. I, it, it, I don't know, man. It just, you know, I don't want to be a broken record here, but that, that would just take all of the the, the steam and the, the the excitement out of the tournament for me. You know, I mean, I'm gonna watch it, but I remember that happened in the, in the World Boxing Super Six way back when too, when they had to bring Alan Green in and they brought in Glenn Johnson and it was like, okay, these, you know, well, not Alan Green. He was terrible, but Glenn Johnson was, was good in his day. He's a credible name, you know, but it was still like, well, he didn't start the tournament. He's just jumping into this like semi-final fight, you know, and you know, where's, where's the drama in that? Where's the, where's the storyline? Where's the excitement in that, you know?
2: I'm worried, man. I'm worried about how things yeah. are going to go for the super middleweight
1: one. Well, like I said, the fact that they haven't publicly, you know, said what what's wrong with with Groves or what his prognosis was, because we all know that it's fighters go to the shoulder. doctor. Yeah, fighters go to yeah, the hospital can, or to uh, a doctor after a fight. Shoulder. Yeah, but we don't know how bad. So that's the thing. I, you're you're right to be worried. I'm I'm worried too. No. I'm glad. I will say this. I am glad that this isn't happening to the super or the the cruiserweights. That would be an absolute travesty, in my opinion. Uh, if something like that had happened, you know, to either Gosse or Usyk, you know, en route to this this final that's coming up in May. Um, that would just that would ruin everything for me, and I think the tournament as well. It'd be a huge letdown. But uh, yeah. did you have anything else to add to to the uh, the the tournament or to the the Bromer Smith fight, man?
2: Well for the injury like all we really know is that dislocated shoulder they popped it back in place just think got specialists now we're probably going to oh, okay. find out
1: exactly how
2: bad this is in a couple of days that's what that statement says in the email
1: oh, Okay I just pull that Oh yeah I,
0: well, I yeah, I've
1: been I don't know if you have but I've been for I've been to the you know to the specialist for CTs and X-rays and and MRIs and you you got to go and then they tell you well no matter what's wrong with you, it's, it's, you got to wait three or four days to hear from your doctor. So I'm yeah. sure it's no different in anywhere else in the world. So uh, we just have to, he's got to wait for his results and then we've got to wait for them to make it public, man. Um, I, I hope that, that Groves can continue. You know what I mean? And I hope that it, the injury doesn't adversely affect his performance. Um, but no, it, provided Smith gets past Bromer, which he should this Saturday, I, I don't see Groves being a problem or a big problem for Callum Smith. <laughs> ah yeah,
2: man. I wonder, I do wonder about how Groves versus Smith would go though. Huh. We might, I didn't yeah. get to see it.
1: Well, I, I, I'd spend time talking about it now, but that, that fight may or may not happen just because of Groves's injury. So I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to spend any time <laughs> on, on something that might be, you know, pure fantasy at this point. Um, But uh, let's do this because we've completed everything today that we didn't get to squeeze into yesterday's show. Um, So we'll go ahead and end the show about 15, 16 minutes early today. Um, One more time in case you're tuning in late and may have missed it. uh, Victor and I will not be here with episode 17 this Sunday because uh, I have to leave town for a funeral, Um, but we'll try to get episode 17 out uh, and most likely will uh, Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. So look for that uh, and I'll put, I'll have more information uh, when I get home from the funeral uh, on when we're going to air the show next. Um, so let's do this then. Uh, in the meantime, <laughs> if you like what you hear or like what you heard today, you can visit uh, split the boxing on Facebook at facebook.com slash split boxing. You can follow uh split D boxing on Twitter at at split D boxing or at seven, five, seven for Victor. Uh, you can visit the split website. Uh, and if you're so inclined to do so, uh, you can support the Split Deboxing Network on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash split So uh, this is your host, Scott Jarvis, and your co host, Victor Atkinson, saying, See you later.
0: Who's going to bust to shop now?